Hey, good morning, lovely people of the planet. It is April. Come she will. <laughs> That's that old Simon and Garfunkel tune, you know. We're not talking about that, but we are going to talk poetry today. So if you don't like green beans, this podcast is full of some green beans. Woo! Lost my glove. and love the people of the planet. This is Jeffo. This is the Morning Ride Pedal Powered Podcast. I'm just a dude riding a bicycle, heading into the office this morning, trying to evolve as a poet, as a filmmaker, and as a human being, and I appreciate you letting me ride with you this morning. Thank you. Man, so it is National Poetry Month. The woods are lovely, dark, and deep over here. I was going to take some photos, but man, it's just kind of a mess. It's raining. <laughs> I know, man. It seems like I've said that a lot recently. Oh, yeah. We're on the way into work and it's raining. That's all right. That's part of being a bicycle guy. Person. Obviously, you get rained on if you're a woman, too. <laughs> Gender parity, folks, with the weather. So, one of the things that I thought I would try to do this morning is... Uh, I wanted to read you a poem. How about that? I'm going to try to read this poem while I'm riding my bike. And I didn't wear my (laughs) reading glasses, so I don't know if I can even see it. But no, it is National Poetry Month, and so for for my These Things publication that I do every other week, I'm talking about the poets that I sleep next to. (laughs) Yeah. You can go check out my website if you want to know more about the poets that I sleep next to. The poets I sleep with on a day-to-day basis. It's a rough life, folks. (laughs) One of these poets that Jennifer and I both sleep with quite a bit. His name's Bob Hickok. H-I-C-O-K. And, uh... You can pick up just about any collection of his, and you're gonna you're gonna love it. I, I guarantee it. Um, this clumsy living is one of my favorites. Sex and love and <clears throat> excuse me. I'm a little uh, allergic today. Sorry, folks. Might be biologic. A little bit of ASMRing here. All right, let's get into this poem so that we can get on with our ride. Well, I mean, we're still riding. All right. So this is Bob Hickok. I'm on the Poetry Foundation website, just poetryfoundation.org. Great website for contemporary poetry. Um, And they have a lot of poems out there. I used to do some recording for them. Anyway, let's let's see if we can read this. This one's called Her, My Body. One of my favorite poems. Her, My Body. The dog licks my hand as I worry about the left nipple of the woman in the bathroom. She is drying her hair, the woman whose left nipple is sore. We look this evening for diagonal cuts, for discoloration, for bite marks from small insects that may be in our bed. It is a good bed, a faithful bed, a bed that won't be hurt. Ah, folks, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to pull over here and read this for you. 
my eyes are watering up because it's chilly. <clears throat> I'm so sorry. I know there's nothing worse than poeticus interruptus. All right, so here it is. I've got the river in the background. This is, this is more poignant, isn't it? Her, my body. The dog licks my hand as I worry about the left nipple of the woman in the bathroom. She is drying her hair, the woman whose left nipple is sore. We look this evening for diagonal cuts or discoloration or bite marks from small insects that may be in our bed. It is a good bed, a faithful bed, a bed that won't be hurt by the consideration we gave to the possibility of small though disproportionately strong insects in our bed. The blow dryer sounds like a jet taking off. The first time I flew to Brussels, people began the journey happy but ended with drool on their shirts. She is drying her hair, though she has never been to Brussels. Drying her hair, though she could be petting a dog. Drying her hair while having red thoughts about what that pain in her nipple means. I would not dry my hair in such a moment, but I am bald. The body of the woman has many ways to cease being the body of the woman. I have one way to be happy, and she is that way. I would like to fly with her to Brussels. We could not be put off by the drool. We would not be put off by the drool. This is what happens when people sleep. We would buy postcards of the little boy who saved Brussels when he peed on a fire. We would be romantic in public places. For the moment, these desires can be best furthered by petting a dog. I'm also working on this theory that sometimes a part of the body just hurts. That the purpose of prayer is to make the part of the body that sometimes just hurts the little toe or appendix. Something vestigial or redundant. Something that can be jettisoned. I have no reason to use the word cancer while petting a dog. Here is a piece of a second during which a jet is not flying, nor is it on the ground. I'm working on a theory that no one can die inside that piece of a second. If you are confronted by this thought, you are welcome. If you are comforted by this thought, you are welcome to keep it. Oh man, that poem just knocks me out. And I'm so sorry, I did not read that well. <laughs> the raindrops were on my iPhone screen and so I couldn't read half the words. I'm really sorry, folks. Um, go to the Poetry Foundation website, poetryfoundation.org, and check out that poem, though. It is fantastic. Um, I love it. I love the way that uh, Bob Hickok infuses kind of a, a humor, almost, with, uh, you know, some really weighty subjects. In fact, I'm finding that most of the poets that I really, really love, <clears throat> that I read regularly, have this kind of simplicity about them. It's not a simplicity of thought or rhetoric, that's for sure, syntax, but it's a simplicity of the image that they decide to use, the types of images that they use in their poetry. So, for example, another one of my favorite poets is Lee Young Lee. That's L-I-Y-O-U-N-G-L-E-E -E is his last name. He's a Chinese-American poet. He's a very spiritual poet. But uh, very similar to Bob Hickok, he uses uh, kind of everyday situations and uh, everyday objects 
simple objects that are easy to imagine. And I think maybe that's part of why I love reading his poems, because his imagery is vivid. He doesn't get into the big abstractions that a lot of the modernist poetry did for years and years in this country, which I'm also into that, but it's not an entry point for most people into contemporary American poetry anyway. Generally, I want something to see. Maybe, uh, maybe throughout the, maybe throughout April, we'll we'll stop and read poems for you. Maybe we'll catch on to uh, catch up with some Lee Young Lee next time. Hey, good morning on your left. I'd also love to get into some Mary Jo Bang. She's another contemporary poet, but she does not use simple imagery. She does not use simple syntax. She inverts the whole world. It's really fantastic. It's intellectual poetry for sure, but a lot of people call it academic poetry, and I don't like that term, but... (laughs) I taught a class on video poetry once where Dr. Seuss was our textbook, The Lorax, because of his brilliant way of bringing imagery to poetry to subvert the abstraction of like made up characters. So when he talks about a snorful bladder or whatever, he's got a picture of one so that we can still see it. Hey, and you're right, brother. That really fascinated me. This idea of what the text of the poem does and what the illustrations within the poem does. Hey, good morning, brother. How these work together and what happens. Hey, on your left, man. Morning. And how the text and images work together and could we put these together in poems? And of course, as soon as I thought I had an original idea, I found this dude named Tom Conives. K-O-N-Y-V-E-S. And uh, he had already written a manifesto for video poems, so... That made my work a lot easier. I got to just make the poems and not try to be an academic, which I'm not really. In a lot of ways, I don't really have an academic background in literature or poetry. I do in music, though, and so I always approach poetry like through the lens of music. The closer that I got and the more I fell in love with poetry, the more I thought, you know what? I think that cinema, that film, is just a technological, a technological, oh yeah, technological wall. (laughs) I feel like that uh, poetry extended itself to cinema through technology. That is to say, the use of a text to present images and sounds, right? Like old rhyming poems, presenting images and sounds together simultaneously for poetic effect. And it just seems to me like cinema does that in the same way that like the Marvel 
universe has expanded from the comic book page into movies in a way that's actually finally compelling. We saw some crappy, crappy hero superhero films in the 80s and 90s. But kind of starting with Iron Man, I think, I became really convinced that Stan Lee was happy and he's the man, so... Ooh. Really sorry, folks. I'm having a hard time breathing. The air is thick. Not sick. Not like cool. <laughs> not like hot. Not like cool. We were real cool. Oh, man. What's that poem? I'm not going to remember it. So, anyway, happy National Poetry Month. Um, if you get a chance and you're looking for a jumping off place, I did put together some of our favorite poems, the, the books of poetry that hang out on our bedside tables. I just went into our bedroom and I was like, okay, what's hanging out down here? And I thought I'd talk about these because the ones that hang out there are the ones, hey, good morning. They're the poems, uh, or the collections of poems that we're either just getting into or they're the ones that have never seen the shelf because we love them and don't want to file them away. We want them to be close. That's what I meant by sleeping with the poets that we sleep with. Man, this is great. There's so many people out this morning. Hey, good morning. So tell me, do you have a favorite poet? Who's your favorite poet? Are you scared of poetry? Are you scared of contemporary poetry? You like the old stuff, but you're, you're done with the old language, maybe. Let me tell you, folks, it's a hard world to get into. You have to read a lot of poetry that you don't like to find poetry that you like. So if you're reading a poem and you don't get it or you don't like it, move on. Unless there's something compelling about it, and that's kind of what has brought me into some poets. It's how I really finally got into T.S. Eliot. So something just compelling about the way that he was making sentences and structures, the way that he was presenting images and ideas, it was really interesting to me. I really did not get it at first. I really didn't like it. In fact, when I started reading poetry, I grew up with the uh, King James Bible, and so I read a lot of the poetry in the Bible. You know, there's the three or four poetic books in there very clever of that publisher to include those. Any mystic book without poetry, <laughs> that's a joke. Every mystic tradition must have poetry, I think. That is my own mystic tradition, of course. So, yeah, that's the way, that's the way that could work, right? Uh, now we're behind the a go-kart here. Oh, he's going to let us around. Thank you, brother. Oh, man. So, yesterday, it was raining really hard on my way in. Well, not really hard, but it was raining on my way into work. And all the earthworms were out on the trail. It's always really sad because you see the birds just like, buffet time! Going down and eating all the worms. But I thought one was a catalpa pod. We've got these trees here in town in Idaho, Boise, called catalpa trees. 
And they put out these big bean pod kinds of things. Seems to be all year round they drop them. I think they just get hung up in the branches, of course. Anyway, they're about 16, 18 inches long usually. 12 to 18 inches. Because there's some young ones too, right? Young and old. Anyway, the catalpa things fall on the ground and anyway, blah, blah, blah. So you ride over them. Well, I rode through a section of the trail yesterday where it was earthworms that were like 14 to 16 inches long. And I thought they were catalpa pods, so I was just riding right over them. I was like, those aren't making that crunchy sound that a catalpa pod makes. It wasn't making any sound at all except the scream of an earthworm as I squished it. I felt so bad. Now to talk so casually about death in the universe, man. Someone should write a poem about the scream of the earthworm. <laughs> or form a, a folk Celtic metal band called Scream of the Earthworm. That's a better idea. That, that, would actually, that would actually get an audience and make some money. Not that the point of poetry is to uh, get an audience. I think the point of poetry is uh, for the poet to evolve. I really do. And as the poet evolves, the poetry engages with more people, more, more of humanity. Kind of like as people, you know, the more we evolve, the... I used to be a real ass. Beep, beep. <laughs> and now I'm not so much anymore. I mean, not all the time. Now I'm selective about it. <laughs> I don't know if that makes it better or worse. Anyway, I would love to... Uh, Hear your thoughts on contemporary American poetry, the neoteric poem, as the cool kids call it. Actually, not very many people use that word at all, neoteric. <laughs> I remember getting called out in my thesis. It's like, are you making up words? Couldn't find that in the dictionary. It's like, nope. Oh, by the way, another word that came up a lot in graduate school was uh, poetical. And people were like, it's not even a word. Why are people using this? And uh, Walt Whitman uses it all the time. <laughs> yeah, like in his essays and such. Specimen days. Cruise through that. That's his, like, just, you know, kind of kitchen sink drawer of essays and writings and stuff. Oh, man. Now that I'm on campus, I'm kind of wishing I had stopped for coffee at Push and Pour, but i got to get off that, man. I haven't been sleeping at all. I've been angst, anxiety Full of anxiety all night. Anyway. All right, folks. It's raining proper now. I'm getting wet. That's all right. Because I'm on a bike and the trees are blooming. <clears throat> so tell me, who are your favorite poets? What scares you about reading poetry? Need a recommendation? Hit me up. I'll give you a recommendation. Tell me what kind of things you like reading usually. What kind of world you like living in. We can, we can find you a poet that would exist in that space. I'd love to create a, an app that does that. I want to read a nature poem. And it doesn't just give you Mary Oliver. <clears throat> or even better, Gary Snyder. And I say better just because I like his poems better. Hey, good morning.
there's a sense of humanity in the way that Gary Snyder looks at nature, which I really appreciate. Anyway, I'm not going to get into that discussion. That's a whole other discussion. Maybe for next week. Maybe for some other time. Well, you know, what do you think? Too much poetry? Too many green beans? <laughs> you know, some people like green beans and some people don't. But remember, man, whatever your bicycle is, if you love riding a bicycle, get out on a bicycle one. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's growing green beans and not talking about green beans as a metaphor for poetry. Maybe it's reading poems. Maybe it's finding natural poems. Maybe it's helping other people find poetry that they might like. Susanna Mishler, our friend, she's really fantastic at that. It's like, oh, I know this poet you'll like. Yep, I do. <laughs> she's the one that introduced us formally to Bob Hickok, I think. Which was really fantastic. Folks, I do hope that you enjoy your ride. I hope that you enjoy your weekend. We have special guests today signing papers for a house. That's right, M&T are here in town. They came home for the first time. They're moving to Boise, so signing papers on the house that they bought today. I am so excited. So we live on the same street now. But I like dog legs and it's bisected. It's a weird street. It's broken up by neighborhoods. Anyway, we live on the same street now. I'm super excited about that. Super excited to see them tonight. Celebrate with them a little bit. Thank you for letting me celebrate with you this morning. I really appreciate you hanging out with me on the Morning Ride Puddle Powered Podcast. I appreciate you letting me be part of your ride. Hey, tell me about your ride. I'd love to ride with you, like, in, in the real world. In real life. I'd love to ride with you. If you're uh, ever in the Boise area and you want to get on a bike with me and let's hang out and talk about your ride on the podcast, I'd love to do that. And we got to do that with uh, Molly. We got to do that with my parents. That was a lot of fun. I'm curious about your ride curious about what kind of what kind of bike do you ride <laughs> it's kind of like that song poem by david byrne jesus is not the only car i drive <laughs> ah he's so great another fantastic american poet i think fantastic his song lyrics obviously he makes them into songs but they're still poems right yeah that's how i like to ride well, folks, thank you so much for letting me be with you today. If you love riding a bicycle, get out on a bicycle. That's uh, the only ride we got. Hope that you enjoy it this weekend, and I hope to ride with you again on Monday. <laughs>